I don't know what's happening. As the boss of the podcast, I'm concerned that I don't know what's happening. I've only seen it on YouTube. I have so I'm, many questions. Do I need to move on? <laughs> Please. <so>. Okay. okay. <laughs> Does Eyes Wide Shut count as a Christmas movie? No. What's wrong with you? After giving away all of the Mandalorian, this is where we're going to draw the line on spoilers. Wilson! Oh, I was not listening. <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. Did we just J.J. Abrams' this podcast where we had a great 90% and then couldn't land it? Yeah, pretty well. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. Just to be clear, did you say Robert De Niro? Yes. I'm sorry. Have you seen the movie? Have you not seen Godfather Part 2? Oh, no. You used to take that back. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say that. All right. The, the listeners at home can't see the look of the <laughs> yeah. movie I have on my face right now. But I, I, want, I want them to know that I am dumbfounded by that comment. This is not the podcast you deserve. And welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Drew Allen. With me, as always, is handsome Drew Crawford and the one and only Kyle Cox. I love that that's stuck. That's amazing. Yeah, that's let's you. get... Let's keep that's that. It wasn't going. like somebody else named you that. You <laughs> named yourself Handsome Drew. And then we be were all just like, I guess yep. that's his name now. That's like, his call be sign. the change you want to see in the world, everybody. Yeah. Be handsome. Just, speak. just choose to be handsome. Why not? Speak it into existence. All <laughs> right. Well, oh, 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 God. Did I just get hit 12 times in the face? We must be reviewing The Raid 2 because we already did The Raid Redemption, <laughs> which is not the sequel. Not the sequel. No, it's just the first movie that they chose to throw redemption on because it sounds cool, I guess. But this is the raid two, no call sign after, just <laughs> the raid two, not the raid redemption two, the raid two. Do we understand the titling in these movies? How they go? I think you nailed it. All right, cool. much more straightforward than the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Don't get me in on that. Although still, still confusing. <laughs> Quite. All right, so we start off in the Raid 2 in a non-linear fashion, which I find was kind of difficult this time through. I, the first time I watched the first uh, Raid movie going into watching the Raid 2, and I kind of understood, it had been a while since I'd seen the Raid, and so picking up where it leaves off, it's like what, one of those movies where it le- the sequel starts off like hours after the first one? I'm led to believe. Yeah, I don't know how far it, it's it's fairly recent uh right because the brother i mean spoiler no spoilers alerts. yeah, spoiler yeah. Alerts. full okay the movie came out like seven years ago if you haven't seen it yet it's your fault uh but like yeah it opens with the brother who he's saving in the first one and uh the guy's like you should have been years away from having this meeting I, that doesn't imply it happened immediately but it does mm-hmm. seem like it happened quickly like yeah. that guy saw some uh, open in the uh, criminal family and was like, oh, I'm going to move up. Kyle, you seem like you have some thoughts and opinions. I do about this movie. And and I enjoyed this movie. But the, oh. the first movie is all about him killing everyone in sight yeah, to yeah, save yeah. his brother. Yeah, and then yeah. 30 seconds into the second movie, his oh, yeah, brother yeah. is dead. And it's just kind of like, what? Why? A very... <laughs> impactful way to open your movie like oh shit this is not your daddy's raid but it does really make <laughs> the first movie seem a little pointless yes <laughs> there's an hour and a half film of punches 
to just for the character to not last a day into like, the second one. You well, just if you had to come up with the mental motivation for like, okay, this dude just literally killed everybody. How do we get him to go kill everybody again? It's like, well, kill the one thing he killed everybody for. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. That's it. Or kill his dog. But yeah, the main thing. that No, that would have been too much. <laughs> You can't just away dog. reference. We did <laughs> nice. it. Hey, we'll get We're one this. Christopher Nolan reference away from here. Oh, quota. that's it. Everybody take your drinks. Does that count? There we go. Bingo. Sip, sip it we up. did it. Yeah. All right. There sip we. it up. All right. But I want to point out as far, I'm not sure if it's a plot hole, if it counts or not, but his brother's like last words in the first movie were, I can protect you in my world. Can you say the same in yours? Which is a dope line that ends the movie off. But then he gets shot in the head in his own world. And it leads me to believe <laughs> that he can't protect him in his world. Getting shot in the head will do that to you. That's a pretty strong yeah. inference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was sad. Um, but this movie really takes its time. I think that's the main difference between the two films is that this is a much slower burn of a movie. Like there's probably the same amount of punches, maybe a little bit more in the Raid 2. But in the Raid 1, it's just a constant firefight in one building, just constantly punching, stabbing, kicking, screaming, flailing. One might say it's truly a raid. Yeah, <laughs> very true. And Whereas, the second movie was like, we're not raiding anything. Uh, yeah. It's actually going to be a long, covert, under-the-table kind of mm -hmm. sting operation. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That. Okay, we'll get to that at some point. I'm sure. Okay, right, right, right. okay. But we'll cut. So we we got we get to see his brother shot in the face pretty brutally by Beho, the main villain of the movie, which we won't see for another hour. I hope you remembered his name and his face, <laughs> because we only have two and a half hours to tell the story. So we're going to really take our time with every scene that cuts, and then we start getting interstitial intercuts between Rama getting picked up from prison or getting picked up by the police. And then being told he's got to go back into prison. And they kind of like, I think they kind of shoehorn in like a, hey, your brother died, but we need to figure out who the cops are. So you got to go undercover when really they just wanted him to go undercover. But they gave him a wife and kid in the first movie. And it'd be mm -hmm. kind of weird if our Boy Scout wasn't like, hey, can I go see my wife and kid first? They're like, no, 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 that wouldn't make sense. Those work for our movie. So you, there's corrupt cops that we need to figure out. Go back in jail. And Rama's like, oh, okay. Q, dropkick Murphy's. Shut up, the Boston. Is that a dropkick Murphy? No. I don't think I remember. I've never seen The Departed because this is a similar concept to The Departed where oh. <laughs> Pretty Boy, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has to yeah, go. Yeah, undercover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure okay. out who the rat is. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm embarrassed uh, that I didn't pick up on that reference. That's, that's my bad. okay. I could throw it in again, and y'all could make it act like you got it right away. I more was yeah. just trying to. I was more just trying to think about what an Indonesian version of the Dropkick Murphys would have sounded like, and <laughs> I think it. I think it would be a banger. But Rama's got to go under into prison to befriend uh, the main mob boss in uh, the country's son. Uh, his name is Uko. The main mob boss is. Bangum. I hope I'm pronouncing any of these sort of close to being right. Sure. And this sets up kind of that scene where it's like, oh, I'm in jail. I need to get in with the bad guy. And the bad guy's like, hey, you just punched 
1,100 of my guys' men right in the face and then threw them over a bathroom stall, which is one of the coolest fight scenes in the movie. For and sure. I think, Crawford, you had the best moment of all when we were watching the movie, which is like, hey, this is the greatest scene in the movie. And you do that for every <laughs> single large choreographed fight, and you were never wrong. Every single one of these fight scenes, it's obvious that they got way more funding to make these like scenes because there's a lot more people a lot more action, a lot more stabbing, and a lot more weapons in prison. You know, they had a couple airsoft guns in the first movie, and now there are so many knives that are just, everybody's like, this fight scene that happens out in the courtyard becomes a real sexy mud fight between all these prison inmates. Cops just needed a couple white t-shirts, and I would really have, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Whoa. We're not, we're not there yet, but mud's flying <laughs> everywhere and every single person has knives and the police have no knives. They only have batons and riot gear. And I also think it's funny that the inmates are like not secretive about their knives. Like Uko's literally like holding it on the table in front of everybody. Yeah. Like what's oh, up? Yeah. <laughs> I have a knife. This is power play. Uh, but to my comment about like, oh, this is the best scene. Uh, I really jumped the gun the first time I said it because you know, it, he was in the bathroom stall. I was like, oh, here comes the fight. And I forgot about how the timelines were intercut because it literally didn't happen for 30 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it is, it's a pretty quick fight scene, but I think it's really cool how he like um, lets a couple in and fights them and takes them out and then lets a couple more in and then fights them and takes them out. But then eventually he does get overrun. Um, but I was confused. Are they like beating him into the gang or are they actually trying to hurt him? No, I think they're like trying to make a statement of like, this is our boss's territory. So like you're Uh, the new guy. So we just got to beat your ass the first day you're in prison. Because Uh, I I did appreciate that this is one of the most logical ways I could think of how to take a group of people and then fight them one-on-one which yeah. always happens in yeah. every fighting movie. They're like, I know there's 40 of you, but if you could form an orderly line, that would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the only realistic scenarios. It's like, there's tight quarters, so you actually all can't get in here at the same time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the that was my favorite scene in the movie, was the bathroom fight scene. Um, but I think the one of the biggest differences between this movie and, it's, and the first Very one, and The Raid Redemption, is that they chose to do non-linear storytelling for the first hour of this movie where you see it was really hard for me to follow. Mm-hmm. I, normally I like that. I really enjoyed that type of storytelling where it lets you kind of piece it together bit by bit. And maybe it was just because they were doing that along with subtitles, uh, just trying to follow subtitles and follow non-linear stuff and kind of try to remember what happened in the Raid Redemption. I Like 30 minutes in, I was lost. And if I didn't have you guys sitting there with me watching it mm-hmm. with me, I would have been absolutely lost and i still was pretty lost an hour and a half into the movie when he just starts hitting people and you can like okay i don't care anymore he's just killing people great don't even know why uh (laughs) but like that was really hard to follow and i don't know if it wasn't done well or if it was just because it was so there was just so much going on whereas the first movie was so straightforward we're on floor one we need to get to the top floor and kill everybody in our way great awesome this movie is like 17 different timelines and People stab each other in the back, people undercover, people in jail, people out of jail. He's like, well, hang on. Who who got shot in the head the first scene? I forgot. You know, you're 10 minutes in. Yeah, the first movie really felt like uh, the person just based the movie off of the original DK versus Mario game. 
<laughs> when that barrel cry. came down and oh, killed Mama's best friend. Could you believe it? Why didn't he have I that have hammer earlier? I've seen that before. So Rama proves himself by uh, fighting sloppily in that mud with his uh, the minions that are trying to kill the gangster's son. Cut to two years later. Yeah, that's right. We're getting cutting forward. Now we're no longer doing nonlinear stuff, but Rama gets out of jail. His new best friend, gangster son Uko, takes him to go see his father where he wants to see him get naked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strip tease. Rama goes full nude in front of the mob boss. And the mob's Bob, uh, sorry, the mob boss's assistant who is just like sitting through all the glass windows. And I imagine she's like, it's freaking Tuesday again. Just somebody (laughs) getting naked and not like, she's like, oh my God, how many of these dudes have to get naked for this guy? Jesus. She does not bat an eye or turn away from the computer. And Rama's freaking ripped. We get to see it. He's got abs and pecs. Dude, what are you doing right now? (laughs) What? What? I don't understand. Just try to summarize the movie. Did this not... Not the most important scene? Okay, I'll keep going on. All right. So, <laughs> Rama uh, is befriended the mob boss's son, but the mob boss is like, hey, you got to prove yourself first, though. Like, I'll, I'll thank you. I got you out of jail, but you got to earn it. And then he earns the trust immediately the next scene when he destroys a Indonesian pornography recording studio. I yep. have to believe that's now branching cocaine. off into coke dealing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You don't want to pay do up. That. You got to pay up for that. Is this where the best line of the movie comes in? Yes, it is. Probably. But I don't think you should say it. I can't podcast. say it because <laughs> I don't. Are we not I don't allowed to edit. <laughs> I don't know how to do bleeps in here. If yet. you've yeah, seen right. the movie, <laughs> you know what line we're talking about. <laughs> I say we. I say we move on. All right. Uh, punches a bunch of dudes. Uh, throws the one guy through glass. Really cool fight scenes. Uh, Ika, who's could be my favorite character in the movie, like the the right hand man to the yeah. main boss. He gets a, into the fight a little bit. He's clearly not as good as as Rama, but he's more of a gun guy. Yeah, yeah. And he'll show up later. It, it but, started in this scene, and you see it throughout. There's a lot of concrete to face in this movie that uh, oh yeah they really took advantage of that was what not so much highlighted in the first one i got a question for you what do you think happened between the filming of the first raid and the second raid that made garrett evans the director hate kneecaps (laughs) there wasn't enough broken shit (laughs) so let's just everybody gets hit in the (laughs) no i think it's a move he learned in prison uh, where he was like, ooh, hey, if you kneecap him, they can't fight you anymore. So just fight a guy one time and fight his <laughs> knee really hard. So many Point. knees get twisted and cut and broken and kicked in. Like normally you see like a move where like this arm gets extended and then he like elbow breaks him at the elbow. And that's like, oh, that's gruesome. That happens to every single knee in this movie, sometimes <laughs> twice. <laughs> Uko teams up with Beho. Who's that? It's been a while since we That's talked right. about That's right, he's back. Him. It's been an hour. <laughs> and the movie, same case. But he's the guy who shot Rama's brother in. And so they team up and decide, hey, we want to start a fight so that we can, you could take over your, your, your dad's company and I can move in and settle in. And this whole like, theme of the movie is like people getting too ambitious and not knowing where to stop. 
which I think is interesting. Like every single character kind of has to find their role in the syndicate, um, except for Rama, who's just trying to get out. But everybody's like, don't be ambitious. But the main one is Beho, who's kind of behind the scenes on everything. He sides with Uko by letting him kill a bunch of the prison people who tried to kill him, which turns out, uh-oh, he's got a tattoo. I wonder if that's going to be important since we hung on that for three seconds. <laughs> Definitely was, because later on, you see it for a very short second. Beho has the same tattoo. That's right. He masterminded the whole thing, and he used it to get Uko to kill his dad. So if you were one of the dudes that your boss is now bringing you in to let you die at the hands of somebody else, would you not just speak up? Especially when he slowly kills them one at a time. I would have been like, hey, yeah. dude, he did it. He put me up to this. Like, With a if- box cutter. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Ugh. Like even if he doesn't believe you, I with a box cutter. Yeah, even if he doesn't believe you, I would just a be tiny, like, "Hey, uh, you're about to kill me, and this guy totally was the bad guy." Well, do with that what you will. Seeds of doubt, but no, he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna sit here and take it like a champ." It's like, what are mm-hmm. you doing, dude? Yeah, and, and it, it gives him like a reaction shot before he gets stabbed in the throat of him, like looking back at his boss with his lips pursed, like. You, oh, you jerk. You, that was really mean of you to make him kill me like this. Not, hey, don't kill me. He made me do it. Yeah. It's just like a knowing glance of like, you rascal, <laughs> letting him box cut me in the throat. <laughs> oh, Beho. So it's not big enough. Uko needs to do a, make a big scene to make the Japanese gang fight the Indonesian gang. And so they have to go kill Mad Dog. Except I learned in IMDb trivia, he's not playing the Mad Dog character. He's playing a totally different character in this what? movie. That's good because I saw him get stabbed in the neck <laughs> with a light thing. Yeah. And he looked real dead in the <laughs> yeah. first one. He's a different dude. Yeah. He's, he's like the stunt coordinator for the first movie. So I assume they just brought him back because he's like, you're a great fighter and you're the only person who can do what we want to do with this nightclub scene we've got coming up but he's got such a memorable face and he does such a great job in the first movie he almost steals the show from like the main two leads like he is a phenomenal character and you don't think we're going to recognize him in a movie that takes place in the same universe hours later (laughs) yeah i feel like that's a lot of this movie i feel like a lot of this movie is like Man, the Raid Redemption just got me enough money to do this movie. This is a lot like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 to me. It's exactly. Or it's Evil really Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. It's yeah. a really good point. So they, they have to fight Mad Dog, which is not Mad Dog, but Procoso. And so Uko get, lures him into a nightclub scene. They fight. Uh, he fights like, I don't know, 200 dudes conservatively. Throws a bunch of stools at him. Uh, gets cut glass. times. And then the bad guy team shows up. And the main bad guy pulls out some Riddick knives. That's right. They're curved weird. <laughs> Cuts them up. That's how and you know they're, they're dangerous. Oh, yeah. This guy knows what he's talking about because he doesn't just use regular knives. And then we get the intro of the team, which I have to ask, who's your favorite new character on the bad guy side? The chick with the hammers, hands down. Not hammer even close. Girl. Oh. She was great. Like the idea of her tiny little hammers, which are not like ball pin hammers, they're like, like legitimate hammers. They come out, I'm like, oh my God, those could do so much damage to a kneecap. 
And then she <laughs> turns them around. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. They've got <laughs> teeth on the back. And Although the dude them. who hits the baseball at everybody was pretty good too. But I, Hammer Girl was great. Yeah, I want to yeah, see yeah. that spinoff. You have Baseball Bat Boy, Hammer Lady, and Twisted Curve. Knife Girl. Curve, uh, Curve Knife Guy was mine. He was my Curve favorite. Knife because that, Curve Knife Guy. We're, we're far away from it, but like you're talking about introductions of the new villains. His fight uh, with Rama in the kitchen is just so cool. Uh, yeah. Give me uh, like more the, of that fight. I want to see that as its own spinoff movie. Right, right. That's like the penultimate fight at the end. And he's the other, one of the other two guys, him and Mad Dog, who's now Procosa, are the two guys in John Wick 3 who are like the uh, test, like the two sub-level assassins, like yeah. second level that he fights before, which I think is really interesting. Uh, Uko kills his dad. Uh, Eka saves Rama from the bad guys, Beho's bad guys. And also I think Deadpool shows up in that scene. <laughs> Yes. That. The car chasing? Yes, yes. Your favorite, mm. Kyle. Notoriously My favorite loving car chasing. Car chasing. Mm. How did you think this one ranked up as uh, compared to other car chase scenes? I was definitely more confused in this car chase scene than I am in most car chase scenes uh, because there was so many, so many punches being thrown <laughs> in, in between chasing of cars. Yeah. And I do think, I, I meant to go back and look, I don't know. I know that like Deadpool came out in like, what, like 20... 14, maybe? No, 2017? 16. 16 15. there? Okay. Uh, but the test footage leaked for that movie three or four years in advance, which would have been right around the time The Raid 2 came out. I would like to know if Deadpool just ripped this movie's car chase scene off or if this car chase scene was kind of just similar on accident. I don't think Gareth it's Edwards like, or whatever his name is would have done that. Right. Or maybe it's just hard to like show a fight happening in a car with five people in it and it not like true. look kind of similar. Yeah. There's, there's only, only so many, many moves can, <laughs> yeah. from the waist up that you can film mm-hmm. and be cool. But Crawford, you made a good point. We were watching this. It's like, it's the same car, the same like color scheme around like the, it's kind of gray on the outside, so, but there's definitely some great similar similarities to two great movies. So I'm not mad about it. I would yeah, not be shocked great. at all. If the Deadpool guys were just like, ah, we need a really cool scene. They saw the raid too. And they're like, let's just do that, but with Deadpool. And they just put Deadpool in it. And they're like, oh, no one will ever see this. And then that's the scene that gets the movie made. Yeah, I can I see that happening. Also interesting, some tie-ins, because the two guys from the raid that show up in John Wick 3, you know, are notoriously got famous from the raid movie franchise. And then the director of John Wick 2 and 3 is director of Deadpool 2. So there's definitely some similarities some uh, shared. I did not know that they're no. fishing in the same pond. I, I think uh, when you are in such a like an elite level of stunt coordination uh, and especially martial arts, uh, there's only a handful of you in the world, and so you all run in the same circles. Uh, and so when you one of you starts doing movies and you get brought into another one, you're like, oh, I know the perfect guy for this. Let me call him up, and like you all just kind of mm-hmm. end up running the same pack so it's not surprising that you'd see some similarities i bet if all three of us put out like hey like name a number of how many like top like stunt guys are there i bet (laughs) if all three of us came up with a number i bet you all three of us would be way way wrong i bet the same thing for like like cinematographers and like second directing units and i like there's so much stuff i just don't know about how movies are made Mm -hmm. but i imagine that hollywood is like there's so many people in california for a reason you know i think it's because there's 
hundreds of thousands of people all trying to do the same job, whether that's acting or holding the boom mic or, mm. you know, doing the makeup for people. Like I, I would, I got to think that that's, there's a ton of people, but yeah. I bet just like how I think, is it Garrett Ev- Evans, Gareth Evans? Garrett, Edwards? Yeah. What's, uh, I think he pulls a lot from Christopher Nolan and he's doing that because he sees Christopher Nolan as someone who's really good. I would imagine, or else he's just wild coincidental, but I don't think so. I think it's probably the same thing for martial artists and, you know, stunt coordinators and, you know, all that sort of stuff that everybody's pulling from what's mm-hmm. good right now. And I think you can see a lot of people pulling from the raid and the raid yeah. Two, no redemption. They should have called this movie the raid Two without redemption. Yeah. yeah. They redemption really should have. Less. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe by not including it, it's implied, but uh, we learned that seatbelts are important uh, because one guy gets sit through the windshield um, on a really cool scene where they have that thing where you like turn your car backwards on accident and then another car is pushing you forwards while you're reversing. Uh, and then he pulls out of the way and the car slams into those buckets of water. Is that what it's like trash cans of water? Yeah. On the highway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're never it's there. It's every car chase. If they were a Michael Bay movie, they'd be filled with gasoline. But uh, <laughs> it's important to wear your seatbelt. And then we learned that Eka, the right-hand man, was a, another undercover cop that was sent in by the undercover cop guy. And Rama's like, get me out of here. You didn't tell me that he was on here. He's like, you didn't need to know. And also, we still don't know who the cops are. So you can't leave yet. And so Rama has to go storm the castle where he takes on, I don't know, once again, conservatively, 2,000 dudes, <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> or we'll say, we'll give him credit. It's like six at a time starting out. He's throwing water bottles. He's throwing cages. He's throwing s- scaffolding equipment. Hitting uh, them into concrete again. It's a good a thing single. that he had that training scene where he was just punching concrete early in oh, the movie. Yeah. He, he took like a feat or a skill set in his uh, loadout where he could has advantage on concrete. A little funny <laughs> video game humor for you there. Um, but this is where we start getting into where I want, like he's going, taking down henchman after henchman after henchman. And then we get to the team. But before we do that, is there a favorite kill that you have on this movie? And if we haven't gotten to it yet, you could say that we haven't gotten to it yet. We can get to it later. But my, other than like, I think the most impactful kill is definitely the brother. Like that's incredible. But I, I don't know what it says about me, but the most visceral reaction I had to a kill and I'm going to say for certain that this man is dead, is when Rama grills a man's face on a hibachi grill, <laughs> which we haven't talked about. But he holds there on there like long enough to where in another scene, that character would have drowned in the sink that Rama was <laughs> holding him under. But he holds it on a grill, and he comes up two-faced-like. And then... And then finds was, out he's a cop. Yeah, like a police agent. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. yeah the one you chose to grill <laughs> my favorite one was in the uh prison yard uh fight uh and, and rama just picks up the huge rock and just crushes that dude's oh, head with it after spinning like, his foot to his hip yeah like yeah ugh, that was ugh. tough mcl was gone tough. yeah everything all of it's done shredded it's torn. yeah yeah i loved every single kill and or incapacitating move in that mud fight scene um Mm. and one of the things i always love about martial arts movies is how people use their body to 
stay in motion as they move from one fight to the other. Like you see it a lot with like Jackie Chan does a lot of this where like his arms are kind of moving as he runs just to make it look like he's still in motion. Uh, but they mm-hmm. had to actually do that in every of those, every single one of those mud shots because no one could keep their balance and everyone's just oh like running God. around and sliding. That must've <laughs> been a nightmare to film for like yeah. a month. I don't know yes. how long they were out there. But that's so much mud, yeah. so much water, and they're just caked for probably days. Um, uh, but I will say my favorite singular uh, kill was when Rama threw a guy into the scaffolding, and then he falls between the space and then hits his head again on the concrete yeah. below. <laughs> and then I'm assuming he's dead. But it was just the, the bang, bang of it that you're just like, ooh, I know for a fact that could have happened to me on accident and <laughs> that's, that's really hard uh, to handle. Oh, that was my other one. I totally forgot. Baseball bat boy. When, my favorite, favorite kill is when baseball bat boy hits his baseball into another guy's head. And then the other guy's like crawling on the floor and baseball bat boy says, Hey, give me my yes. baseball back. And the guy just throws the baseball away, which would have been my move. Like, that's the greatest response to, no, I'm not going to give you your baseball back that you just used to murder my friend or his colleague. And the baseball bat boy says, that was a mistake. And then I immediately got scared, like deep down in my core, like, oh, throwing the baseball was the wrong move. (laughs) I definitely would have done that. I respected him so much for doing that. That just reminded Uh, me of the actual best kill in the movie, though is when Rama kills baseball bat boy <laughs> by taking the bat and hitting him so hard in the head that he gets stuck in his jawbones. Oh. And it just sits there as he walks oh. off. Like smashes his head and all of his teeth. Yeah, at, at one point time. he falls down and the baseball bat catches his landing and the baseball bat and him do not move. Like that is it's so stuck in there. In there. Oh. And Hammer Lady had just gone down right before that with her hammers. I think he doesn't he kill both of them with their own weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go to where he walks in and he fights Riddick Knives. And all the chefs are they fight in the kitchen and the chefs turn and see Rama and they turn and see Riddick Knives and they're like, oh, okay. And they walk out. They all very calmly good. put their utensils down and are like, well, I hope this is here when I get back. I spent a long time <laughs> on this fish. Uh, <laughs> Please respect the craft that I, I'm working on here. Yes. And then Riddick Knives, Assassin slices open his ACL, like tears that thing asunder. And Rama spends the next three minutes both ignoring that injury wound and also kind of nursing it. But the amount of flips and kicks with both legs that they both characters are doing, there's no way any type of knife wound is believable. Yeah, you I love that coolest choreography. Ever. It's like at some point he actually uses his loose foot to fling it, like he'll get more momentum out of it because there's nothing <laughs> holding it back anymore. <laughs> it's like I'll just whip it really hard in his face. It'll it'll be perfect. Yeah, but this is one of the more gruesome death scenes because he takes his knives and like cuts up one arm in four places and then slices down his entire forearm mm. and bicep and then like stabs him a couple more times. And then we go on to the final boss scene where, um, how does the, oh, okay. So Uko kills the corrupt cop because he learns that Beho betrayed him. And then Beho misses Rama like seven times. And then <laughs> Uko shoots Beho in the legs and then shoots him in the face point blank with a shotgun. 
and you just see a cavernous hole where Beho's face used to be. And Grill Guy was like, I got off easy. (laughs) Yeah, that's the most amount of inside of a skull I've seen in a movie. It's all of it, all of the inside of his skull, caved in by a shotgun shell. And then Rama hops over the couch, blocks the shotgun and kills Uko, and then walks out to an entire Japanese gang just waiting for him. And they're like, um, we're here to kill the people. And Rama's like, nah, I just did that. Can I go home now? And the guy's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're totally fine. <laughs> guys, this guy needs to go home. He's had a rough day. But that's the thing. We don't know that they said that. They responded in that way, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. All the dialogue in that scene is, is inaudible. It's like silent. Yeah, the only thing you see out of that conversation, him saying, I'm done or I'm through. Mm-hmm. And then it just fades to black and you're like, are they going to kill the guy who just, I mean, if I was in their shoes, I would 100% kill the guy who just killed 80 people in one warehouse yeah. in an hour. Like, I would definitely take that guy out because if we it's piss not- him off ever, like, don't kill his dog because he will come back and kill him. <laughs> your son may kill his dog later. It's, a, it's less than 0%, greater than 0% chance your son would kill his dog later on in life. Uh, and that's also going to be the one chance that you probably have a chance on taking him down after he's brutally killed 800 people and been stabbed 17 times. That's a great point. I would like to point out two things. Uh, number one, when we were talking pre-show, we, you know, pull back a little bit of the curtain for all of our listeners, all of our three listeners, for Dale. Uh, when we were talking about how this episode is going to go, the text message from Drew Allen reads, small summary of film, his first bullet point. <laughs> And I would just like to note that before I edit this podcast, we are 35 minutes in and we just now finished the summary of the film. Uh, Drew, which I think you did a great job on. It was very in depth. So I I apologize because I love this movie. I love this movie more than I love the first movie. And we can go right into our... Which is getting my point number two for you guys, because I think The Raid Redemption and The Raid 2 are very, very different movies. And I enjoyed both of them. I think when Crawford, you were talking last week about enjoyability and, you know, enjoyability of a movie and rewatchability. I think they're both very enjoyable. I think they're both very rewatchable because it's just fun to see somebody kick Mm -hmm. a bunch of people in the, in the knee and punch a bunch of people in the face and have mad dog have two different uh, people that he's playing and two different characters and still kill a whole bunch of people in both of them. But the Raid Redemption to me, although I don't think anyone was redeemed at any point in time, <laughs> uh, I like the fact that it wasn't just like a, like a, like a regular old action flick. It was mm-hmm. kind of, I was almost like, kind of like a horror movie, like, or like a thriller movie where these people are trapped in yeah. this building. And the only way out is to kill everybody on your way up and then get out. Whereas the Raid 2, no redemption needed. <laughs> there kind of is redemption in this one which is wild because yeah. he actually ends up killing all the people that he tried to like set uh-huh. up to kill and what well, he kind of redeems his brother a little bit i guess um <laughs> but this was more just like a standard action flick and i don't know if i was just expecting it to be a little bit more like the raid redemption that i was kind of bummed that i'm not bummed but like i just didn't I, uh, I couldn't get over the Raid Redemption first time I saw it. Because like, holy cow, how are they going to get to the top? That guy <laughs> just killed somebody with a screwdriver or, you know, whatever. Like, just so many different cool things. And this one was just kind of like, oh, this is a standard action movie. Complete with car chase scene and the whole bit. Uh, and and the, I did not like the fact that... I, I wish these had been two different movies, essentially. 
I wish there had been the Raid Redemption and whatever call this something else. Then you don't have to change Mad Dog's yeah. character's name and the whole deal. Because yeah, yeah. the whole point of the raid was you want this guy to get out because he's got a wife at home who's pregnant with child, which you don't see at all. You see one second of in the <laughs> second movie. Oh, he's fighting to save his brother. Great. We're going to kill that guy in the first eight seconds of the second movie. You know? And I just, there was, I, I just kind of felt like it, I wish it had been a different universe. I wish it hadn't been a sequel. I wish they had been named something else. I get why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. I get, you want to keep it. So all the people know, same, same character, same actor, same director, you know, franchise. Great. But it kind of feels like as a <laughs> franchise goes, this lessened the first one for me, just because the first one was so unbelievable. And it was like, Hey, what if we did this, but in a regular action movie and mm. wasn't really it for me. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I, and we talked about it a little bit before. And to your point, Kyle, it feels very much like he wanted to do this movie the whole time. Standard action yeah. movie, mm. had the plot, had all the tropes in it. And then was like, I don't have enough money to do that movie. So I'm going, I'm forced to do a different movie and see if I can raise the money. And then when he was able to do the second movie later, or you know, his first movie later, it was like, ooh, these are not the same movie. And yeah. um I'm going to spend about 30 seconds. Thank you for smoking how this uh, relates to the first one. Right. And then never address it ever again, because this exactly. is not related. And I'm, I'm, I'm not for, you know, I'm not for everybody needs a happy ending by any means, but I just would have loved after sitting through four and a half, almost five hours in two movies of seeing this guy go through hell and back just to try to make it home to his kid and wife. Would have loved a scene of him seeing his wife and oh, his kid for yeah. the first time, you know? That's great. And it's just and his like, full grown son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kid's got to be five by now, four yeah. by now, something, right? Like, at I was just like, two. yeah, yeah, at least two. But that's, I was just like, if you're going to so, do like a regular, yeah. if you're just going to make a regular old standard action flick, great. Give me some catharsis, please. Cause I could, no, after I, sweating and mm-hmm. be like, oh, on the edge of my seat for yeah. this guy to make it out two movies in a row. I'm not going to see him hug his yeah. wife and child. Like, come on. So the one thing I'll say, that's a, that's a phenomenal point and a phenomenal summary of these both movies. And I totally see where y'all are coming from. But I think they were trying to set up a Raid 3, in which case he probably would have seen his family at the end of that movie. Um, <laughs> I hope, maybe not. But that would be the one thing about how this movie ends, um, kind of on a cliffhanger slash, you know, there may be, you know, a little bit less catharsis because this is kind of like the middle of a trilogy. But... I really like your point of like the first movie is kind of, it's a little bit more one note, but it crushes that note so beautifully well, better than any other movie does that note. It's like if you live in a town and you know this small little indie diner hole in the wall that has the best breakfast tacos in the world. It's like, if I have friends coming in town, I'm going to take them to that place and I'm going to let them try these breakfast tacos that they do better than anybody else not the most amazing meal in the world, but it's special. It's different and they do it better than anybody else. And it's special to me. It's unique to me and my town. Whereas the raid two is like a steak dinner that you can get at saltgrass. Yeah. Incredible meal, but it's a saltgrass, you know, you, you, you would celebrate with your family going there. It's a wonderful, better full course meal for you, but it's not so special. It's just kind of like another steakhouse. I could have gone to 15 different steakhouses and not had to read subtitles while I ate the steak. There. <laughs> That's, That's kind of how really I felt after point. this movie. That's a really good point. But I, I love this, this movie because it is 
kind of the movie I think Gareth Evans wanted to make. I think it holds up. I think it's got the same action feel. And I kind of love the story plots, the plot lines. I think all of the characters are very true to their characters. The dad, like the mob boss father, like cares about his son and doesn't want him to be too ambitious. Um, the son just wants to his dad's approval and then take over his boss. Eka just wants to stay alive and he's, you know, got betrayed by the cops. And so he's trying to make his way into it. Rama, you know, all of these characters, I think, are really beautifully woven. And the, the theme throughout it is like, don't be too ambitious because you might end up getting killed. And I think, mm -hmm. if anything, the Raid 2 was a little too ambitious. It didn't really know where its fan bases wanted it to go. And it wanted to be a little bit more than the first movie. It wanted to be a little bit more than just some action thriller. It got a little too ambitious and made a really great movie. But if you go from one to two, you are not ready for two. Like the first movie does not set you up for the slow burn that two is. And it takes you an hour of setup to get to the meat of the movie where all of the action and drama happens. And then the last 20, 15, you know, 30 minutes are really great action that may be even better than some of the stuff in the first movie. I was thinking that, that that mud pit scene and even in the bathroom scene, like those were just as cool, yeah. very close to as cool as the hallway scene in the mm. first one. Yeah. But for some reason they had to be out of order and it, and, and that, and that I was still expecting when he was in prison, like this whole movie is him getting out of prison. Cause that first one was just him getting out of the apartment complex. And I almost wish this raid two had been him just surviving in prison for two years or how he became, how he became, whatever the guy's name is, right-hand man, you know, instead of doing the two-year time jump. And then the rate three can be him killing everybody and whatever. Mm -hmm. That would uh, sick. Yeah, that, that would, that's what I kept feeling. Like, oh, I get this movie now. And then it's like two years later, he said, I'm like, okay, I don't get this movie now. So my hope for when, like, they decide to redo this movie in 20 years because everybody runs out of ideas and just recycles yeah. old movies, sure. that they uh, make it about, they just call it the Raid Redemption. Again, don't change the title. And it's about his son, who's now a full-grown man. And Rama does not talk about his past. He does not talk about working for the cops. And his son just wants to know about it and like wants to follow in his father's footsteps and wants to go be this great fighter like his dad is, but his dad won't ever like really talk about it. And then he goes and joins the police force and his first mission is he has to go and raid a building and that's it. <laughs> and I want it to be the same movie. Uh, just again, shot for shot, shot for shot. And then I want the second movie to just be the raid two, without remorse or without redemption. And then he's just, and then he's in prison the whole time. There you go. The Good. raid two, no redemption required. Yes. I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, Rating, out of five total knee repairs, how many knee repairs would you give this film on a scale of one to five? Five, five total, seems right. We could, yeah. I mean, if anything, of, of the two knees you have, if you were a henchman in this movie, you would still need at least five knee repairs. <laughs> That's the minimum. But the maximum in our rating on a scale of one to five, and you could do half knee repairs. Seems like your you ratings want. are flawed. <laughs> <laughs> The minimum and the I, maximum. I minimum for a henchman in the movie, maximum on the rating scale. Unless you want to go to 10. You want to go 10 knee repairs? 
These are total need repairs. I don't know. I mean, Drew Crawford is just a regular human being. How many times? Have I was going to say, is the only person report? who's had their knee repaired. Uh, yeah. I feel like I need to be the resident expert. And uh-huh. it's five. It's five. Five it is. Have five you it really? is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying you've had five knees. No, that no. seems too high. Yeah. You've had four and a half broken wrists, though, at least. So. Thumbs. Yeah, you... <laughs> Thumbs. There you go. All right. So, how many total knee repairs do you give this movie? Jesus Christ. Did we not do it? Did we already do it? What? I said five. I thought you were saying like that was the rating out of five knee repairs. That is the rating. I don't understand the question anymore. So you're giving it five knee repairs out of five knee repairs. Yes. How are we still on knee repairs? All right. All right. Now that we got that down. Any other closing thoughts? (laughs) We really really landed this plane super well. I think y'all heard, y'all know where I fall on this whole thing. Of I enjoyed the Raid Redemption more than I enjoyed the Raid 2, but I still like the Raid 2, and I think they're both fun movies. Crawford, what did you think? Yeah, you know, on the scale I've talked about before with uh, originality <laughs> and quotability and rewatchability and just first-time enjoyment, I would say first-time enjoyment for me was super high. I saw this when I was in yeah. college. Uh, it was a flick that a couple of my friends and I knew about. We had all watched The Raid independently and we're like, oh, wow, The Raid 2 is coming out. Wait, you like The Raid 2? Oh, my gosh. So, like, I didn't think anybody else knew this movie. So uh, going to see it and being like one of 10 people in the theater and walking out being like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, the first time enjoy- enjoyability factor is high. Um, rewatchability is really good as well. Uh not because it feeds so well off of the first raid, like we talked about, but just because standalone movie, I like it. I just see it as its own thing. Quotability's hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, true. We, we, none of us, none of us speak Indonesian. No, my mispronunciation of the word none uh, may have led you to believe I don't speak English, but that is my only language <laughs> that I'm comfortable speaking. Uh, yeah, so I. I don't know how to quote any of these lines except in English, but they do have some pretty killer lines, one of which we won't say on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But we all talked about it when it happened, (laughs) as soon as the movie was over. And I think we talked about it before we got on here. I'm like, are we going to talk about this? Uh, So We we didn't, but we should have. We should have avoided (laughs) that landmine for sure. Uh, But... There are definitely some, you know, moments that even if the line themselves is not quotable, the moment or the action is memorable. Um, Mm. And I mean, even repeatable, right? Like the car scene fight that's repeated in Deadpool 2 or Mm. I don't know, taken at the same time. Who knows? Uh, But even like when the club scene, when they jump from the second story down to the dance floor and then just start throwing glass immediately. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of John Wick one when he falls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and starts fighting people again. And it's like, okay, things like that are, are really cool and, and memorable. And it's cool to see them happen elsewhere. So even if I can't quote them, other movies can quote it. So that's great. I think if I, there's a lot of people that have like a certain, you know, order, you should watch the star Wars franchise in. Uh, there's people that have certain orders that they think you should watch the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in, you know, where it's out of order or the way that the that Gorilla was released by the studios or chronologically, whatever. The correct way to watch the Raid franchise is the Raid 2. And then you treat the Raid Redemption as a prequel, because then I think you get the best of both worlds. You get a really oh. good action flick that is fun. And then you get why you cared about those characters or, 
here. Just like a fun side yeah. story of how they got to where they were. Uh, you'd be probably even more confused by Mad Dog, though, how that guy's still alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you just see him impaled at the end of the movie. But yeah. I think that, that would be, if I had viewed them in that way, I would say Raid Redemption, greatest franchise of all time, greatest action adventure franchise of all time. Wow. I also, the names would make way more sense. Yes, so true. <laughs> yeah. You might have to drop the two from the first one. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, if you, the listener, have not seen the Raid 2, then I don't know why you stick around this long. Hi, Dale. But Hey Dale, thanks for joining us again. Uh, but if you if you have, and you enjoyed what we had to say, or you hate what we had to say, or if you want to come be a guest podcast host at some point in time, email us at mtpydpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at mtpydpodcast. Thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.